Don't we appreciate these ladies and gentlemen uh, on your seats there. Scott, can you get this up a little bit? On your seats there, uh, we remind you all, we're calling out all of us workers. Um, it's time for us to serve. So this uh, Saturday, uh, we arrive at the gym, 8 a.m., and uh, this is our uh, emergency food. This is our giveaway for the emergency mobile food pantry for the help center. We do this all the time. Last uh, last time we were doing this, I don't even remember what month that was. When did we do the last one? Does anybody remember? Anyway, whenever it was, we had 500 people, 500 families that were fed. It's a big thing. It's an important thing, but. Those of you uh, who have helped us, it's, you know, it's a lot of physical work, so if you're able to do it, that's fine, but uh, it takes a lot to bring the truck in, set all the things up, distribute it. Uh, our Gideons will be out there sharing the gospel. We've had people saved. We've had people come join our church. We've had people who've uh, uh, come to visit us. It's, it's a very good thing. So anyway, if you're able, <clears throat> we were a little tardy in getting the word out and so we're we're sending out the uh, the uh, flyers and just reminding everybody and I hope you'll do that hope to see you there and hope you'll join us Isaiah chapter 42 is where we are tonight some of you finished your time in other Bible studies and you're joining us here in between <clears throat> in between seasons and uh, uh, I'm not bitter that you don't come to my Bible study all the time. I'm not bitter about it, <clears throat> but I'm glad to see you back, and in here I can really see you. In that other building, you can hide back in that big room. Not in here. We know where you are. We can see you. So, hi, I'm Pastor Mike. If some of you haven't seen me for a while, it's good to see you again. Um, yes? August 12th on Harvest, on our Harvest uh, weekend, and uh, that was a big one. And I really believe, just knowing the things we know about ministry needs in our area, uh, a lot of people will be here, and, um, you know, I, I said it to the church then, you know, Pat and I, we got up here about uh, quarter to six, and... Uh, the cars were already parked clear down the hill out on to uh, 70. Quarter to six. We didn't start to serve out and put anything out till about 10 o'clock. That's a long time sitting in your car to wait for some food. So we know in the name of Jesus, the Lord will give us an opportunity. And that's one of the major ministry opportunities we have to share the gospel and to just minister to people and I know you want to do it if you can. So we're looking in Isaiah chapter 40 all the way through chapter 66 and so what will probably happen is some of you will go to your next discipleship classes and you'll come back and I'll be in like chapter 45. You'll say, what happened? What? So again, on Wednesday nights, this is like I'm driving my tractor in first gear. I'm not in a hurry. I'm not trying to get somewhere. I'm not trying to move to this, to this, to this. So if you come, 
uh, we're doing this very deliberately because uh, what I'm calling this is the glory of the Messiah. And not long ago, a pastor friend of mine sent me this picture of a whole bunch of preachers together, we, and we were both in the picture. And it was from a different time, and we both looked, well, everybody in the picture, I knew them, and they all looked a lot younger. Some of them, in fact, the picture was so long ago, some of them are in heaven now and are not here. So he writes me and says, um, uh, hey, I thought you'd want to have this. Uh, now, this is him writing to me. Can you find me in the picture? It's like, why do I want to find you? I want to find myself. Can you find me in the picture? All right. When you study the Word of God, every page, every page, that's why we study the Word of God, we find Jesus. This is so important. At the heart of all of Scripture, you have, now you have to learn the differences. Some of you are very skilled and experienced in this room. Others of you may be just starting out learning to study your Bible. That's why we teach here and that's why we spend our time in the Word of God. But we're looking for Jesus in the pages of Scripture. We find Him described in many ways. So we come to these characters, these preachers, these prophets. They all had their own preaching style. <clears throat> it comes out in their writings. So we're in Isaiah. This massive, massive book with so many things, so many elements uh, that the apostles and uh, the Lord Jesus even talk about from this, the preaching of Isaiah. Isaiah was preaching here to Israel before they went into Babylonian captivity. This is interesting to think about. These words we're reading are a promise to Israel to look for their Messiah. We discover that the Messiah is the Lord Jesus Christ. The Messiah means the promised one. So just so that we're all together. Jesus, Yeshua, is His name given at birth. We're celebrating Christmas. You shall call His name Jesus. Jesus means salvation. Christ is a title. It's what we're talking about here. It's the Messiah, the promised one. And that's what I've been talking to you about on Sunday mornings that it might be fulfilled. All of these words we read in the Old Testament uh, from, from Genesis all the way to Malachi, they are words of promise, they are words of prophecy and prediction about one who is coming. And that one who has come is the Lord Jesus Christ. So tonight I am first here standing to say I am a unashamed, I say to any person I meet, I am a follower of Jesus Christ. Amen. I follow Jesus. And I, you know, before we talk about a Baptist church, Bab, what all these things, all these labels, we who come to know Jesus are followers of Jesus Christ. So we look for Him in all of God's Word. You know why? Because it helps us to worship Him, to honor Him, to glorify Him. So if you're with us, and some of you may be new, we, we have an outline, and I try to take us through and look at some things together. There are so many Bible verses that, that I want us to think about. This I just usually put them on the page. 
So you have them tonight. And for all of you old timers who are in here, so tonight I'm starting something new, so don't panic on the back of your paper. I'm not going to ask you to sing this hymn. Thank God I'm not going to ask you to sing this hymn. Because I know some of you in here and I know how terrible you sing. Anyway, <laughs> so do I. But I'm going to begin to do something that I've been convicted about. I'm, I'm taking a few moments here because I need to explain some things. I'm, I'm, uh, I've said it to the pastors and I'm saying it now to you. And I've talked to Jeff about it. Um, I, I really believe, uh, and there's not that there's some problem. One of the things I want us to do, because it is such a rich part of our Christian heritage, is um, do some discipling around our hymns. You know, when I grew up, the preacher said, you need a Bible and you need a hymnal. And that's the way we learned. We studied the Bible and then we sang. So, why are hymns important? Because they are so rich with the biblical truths that we study from God's Word. So I'm going to begin to, uh, as I can, as it fits, put a hymn with our words and we'll try some more. We're going to pray about how we can talk to our church more. Uh, many of you who have young children, they need to know the hymns. Yes, we're working on it. We, we sing the hymns. We sing psalms and spiritual songs. We sing it all. Uh, but we want to, I want to especially uh, spend some time when I can, when it's appropriate, talking about some of the hymns that honor the Lord. So we'll be doing that. Isaiah 42, God is speaking now. He's speaking to Israel. He's speaking to anybody who wants to hear. So He's speaking to us tonight. Behold, my servant. The word is, remember the Old Testament's in Hebrew, the, the Hebrew word is look. Look. It's, it's a word to call attention to. Look. Look at my servant. Please notice the words carefully. Whom I uphold, my chosen one, in whom my soul delights, I have put my spirit upon him, he, the servant of God, He will bring forth justice to the world, to the nations. He will not cry out or raise His voice, nor make His voice heard in the street. A bruised reed He will not break, and a dimly burning wick He will not extinguish. He will faithfully bring forth justice he will not be disheartened or crushed until he has established justice in the earth and the coastlands, which is another way we've already learned in Isaiah, the nations, the coastlands, the extreme parts of the world, the, the edges of the world, of the globe, the coastlands will wait expectantly for his law. Heavenly Father, Tonight we come to honor the Lord Jesus Christ who is our Lord and Savior. We only have life because You've forgiven us of our sins. You've freed us from the bondage and shackles and the terrors of our sin. And You've given us Your Holy Spirit and this wonderful book, the Word of God. 
And upon every page we find <clears throat> we find the Lord Jesus. May we who are your people be careful and diligent as we read your word to find you in the pages. And when we find you, may we say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. May there come from our mouths in the, all the days of our life worship and praise and commitment to be dedicated disciples, committed followers of Jesus, so that as many as we can will hear the gospel and be saved before the great day of the Lord and your coming again. Help us to live with urgency tonight. Help us to remember the days are shorter until you come, not longer. And your promises of fulfillment in the first coming, Heavenly Father, and the promises of the coming of the Lord Jesus the first time have been fulfilled and now we wait because other promises have been made. And so we pray, come Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, I'm only going to do one point tonight. Uh, and we're only going to look at verses, uh, verse number one. There is so much here for us. So the focal truth, what I'm going to focus around. You know, I, again, this is my discipline with you, the way I present to you when I preach all the other time. I, you have to focus on one thing. You, you know, you can't just... There's multiple things every time you pick up God's Word that you can talk about. Here's the focus tonight. Jesus Christ is the servant of God sent to the world to save sinners. And I don't know if that got on your outline or not, but Jesus Christ is the servant of God sent to the world to save sinners. So, we see back in chapter 41, God asks those who have idols if their idols can speak. And He says to them... <clears throat> And let me read to you here Isaiah 41. This just gives you a little background. Uh, he's, he's saying now to the nations with all of their idolatry, uh, like they're in a courtroom. You know, present your case. Uh, verse 26, he de describes who has declared this from the beginning that we might know. Or from former times that we may say he is right. Surely there is no one who declared, surely there is no one who proclaimed, surely there was, there was no one who heard your words. He's describing the fact that idols don't speak. God speaks. God speaks from His Word. And God has spoken through the Lord Jesus Christ to us in these last days. And it is of importance for us to hear His words. So now, God says, now as He finishes chapter 41, He now says, uh, there's verse 28, I'm sorry, 41. I look and there's no one, there's no counselor among them, who, if I ask, can give an answer. Behold, all of them are false. Their works are worthless and their molten images are wind and emptiness. There's nobody speaking. There's no word. This is the way the world lives. The world lives without hope because there's no one speaking words of hope to them. So then, what does God say? To a world of people who are preoccupied by their idols, where there is no word of hope from God. 
Behold my servant. Behold my servant. The emphasis on my servant. We see here that the Lord Jesus is described, and this is one of those places where we find Him. Do you find, do you, did, you, did you find me in the picture? Now we find the Lord Jesus on the pages and in the sermon of Isaiah as He speaks. Look, the Holy Spirit gave Isaiah the words to speak, and the Holy Spirit who is in you, if you're saved, will help you understand the words that were spoken. That's the way it works. That's the miracle of being saved. Thousands of years after Isaiah spoke these words, we are now here in this room reading them so that we might come to understand them. This is an astounding thing. It's the work of the Holy Spirit. Behold my servant. I say to you all tonight, whatever circumstances you're in, whatever you're going through, look to Jesus. See, that's the answer. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Isn't that what Paul said in Hebrews? Set your eyes on Jesus. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Don't look at all the other things around you. Don't be distracted by what's going on. Uh, one of the old Wesley hymns, he talks about Jesus being in the boat. He's talking about the, the, the title of the hymn is Fear Be Gone. He says, if Jesus is in the boat, I smile at the storm. Now did you hear that? Get with me tonight. I'm trying to give you some good stuff here. If Jesus is in the boat, I smile at the storm. So we've some of us in here been through some pretty hard storms. Some of us are yet to go through them. All of us. So here we are. If Jesus is in the boat, we smile at the storm. Look, God says to you tonight, Behold my servant. God doesn't say, well, behold, this preacher, this church, this friend, this situation, this help. Behold my servant. So this promise comes to us uh, as a fulfillment of what was promised in chapter 40. And I have it there in your notes. Here's the promise that we began with. What does John the Baptist come and do? He preaches the words of Isaiah 40. Clear the way for the Lord. This is verse 3 of chapter 40. Make smooth in the desert a highway for our God. In other words, repent. Get right with God. If you want to see Jesus, what do you do? You have to repent of your sins. You have to put it aside. You have to turn away from your old ways. And then notice, here's the promise. When you make, when you make the way clear for the Lord, which is a description of, being, of repenting, verse 5 of chapter 40, then the glory of the Lord will be revealed. And all flesh will see it together. Who is that? That's the Lord Jesus. What did John say in John chapter 1? We saw His glory. We were eyewitnesses of His glory. We walked with Jesus Christ, the promised one. So now I talk to you tonight and say, Behold. So look at all this list of things. I've just, I gave you some of the places in God's Word that are special about this word, Behold. Isaiah 40.10, Behold, the Lord God will come with might, with His arm ruling for Him. Behold, His reward is with Him <clears throat> and His recompense before Him. That's talking about the Lord Jesus when He comes again. Isaiah 40.15, Behold, the nations are like a drop from a bucket. When you compare the global concerns people have today with the glory and greatness of God, 
to God, the nations are a drop. A drop from a bucket. Uh, John chapter 1. What, uh, did, uh, what did we hear John the Baptist say to the disciples? Behold, behold, look, the Lamb of God. He's talking about Jesus who was walking by. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Revelation. Behold His coming. He is coming with the clouds and every eye will see Him. This is a promise of the second coming of Christ. They will all see Him, even those who pierced Him. All the tribes of the earth will mourn over Him, so it is to be. Revelation 1.18, Behold, this is now the Lord Jesus speaking Himself. Behold, look, wake up, pay attention. I am alive forever, and I have the keys of death and hell. Revelation 22, at the very end, Behold, He says it twice. He says it in 22.7, He says it in 22.12, Behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me, to render to every man according to what he has done. Behold, God is pointing to His servant, the one He has sent, the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, behold, pay attention, look. So what do we... Look, our church should be about pointing people to Jesus. It's our job. Go be a witness, the Lord said. Go tell other people about me. This is our job. That's why, again, you know, uh, Ryan's talking to us about who's your one. Again, you all know why we're doing this. It's God must place upon our hearts people who dearly need to know the Lord. So let's go and tell them who's your one, who... Who is it that God's put in your life during these days that you can share the gospel with? Now we go on. My servant. Notice Isaiah 52, 13. Behold, my servant will prosper. By the way, there's some other servant passages we'll come to. I have no idea when we get to Isaiah 52 or 53, but here they are. Behold, my servant will prosper. This is the Lord Jesus. He will be high and lifted up and greatly exalted. Thus He will sprinkle many nations, kings, will shut their mouths on account of Him. There you go. The talking will stop when the Lord Jesus reigns. The talking will stop. The arrogance of the governments and kings will shut their mouths. For what had not been told them, they will see, and what they had not heard, they will understand. And then the glorious, glorious chapter, Isaiah 53, about this, this servant who suffers for our sins as a result of the anguish of his soul. This is talking about the Lord Jesus now. This is Isaiah saying these words thousands of years before the Lord. As a result of the anguish of his soul, he will see it and be satisfied by his knowledge. The righteous one, my servant, will justify the many as he will bear their iniquities. What did Paul say? Philippians 2 the Lord Jesus came to the earth. He's God's, he's God's Son. He's the Son of God. And what does He call Himself? The Son of Man. Have you ever thought about that? The Lord called Himself. He didn't say Son of God. He said Son of Man. Son of Man. The Son of God calling Himself the Son of Man. Paul says He emptied Himself and took the form of a bondservant. I love these words of the Lord Jesus. And they didn't get in the outline. But if you take notes, John 6.38 is one you should have. John 6.30, you see, the Lord knew that He was a servant. He knew that He was sent to do the will of God the Father. Listen, I'll quote it to you. John 6.38, I have come down from heaven. I have come down from heaven. See, either 
I love the way old Josh McDowell used to say it. He was an old preacher. You know, the, you either, Jesus Christ was either a liar, a lunatic, a lunatic, or He was the Lord. You don't talk like this. Either you're telling the truth or you're crazy. I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of Him who sent me. And then as He prays in John 17, verse 4, He says, To God the Father, this is the Lord Jesus, before He goes to the cross, I have glorified you on the earth by complete, completing the work you sent me to do. That's the admiration we ought to have. That's the honor. That's the worship. We worship the one who finished his job, who did the will of God perfectly. Now what do we do as God's people? We follow Jesus' example. We live for the Lord and we obey Him. We practice the truths of God's Word and we're Christ-like in our behavior. But He's also the chosen one in whom my soul delights. Now we're back in 42. Notice, Behold my servant, by the way it says, whom I uphold. That is, I, I support him, I hold him up, I protect him, I care for him, I take care of him. Now he's the servant that's been upheld, but he's also the, the chosen one in whom my soul delights. Lots of people talk about chosen ones. There is one chosen one. And that is the Lord Jesus Christ. The chosen one. The chosen one. We are chosen in Him. He is the one from whom all of the privileges of being chosen by God come to be. Man always turns it for ourselves. Even Christians, we turn it for what's in it for us. My chosen one, notice, God the Father delights in God the Son. So what, does the, what do we read? I've just given you some verses here. Matthew 3.17, the Lord Jesus is baptized and what happens? Behold a, voice, uh, behold, a voice out of the heavens says, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. The crowd all heard it. Luke 9.35, a voice came out of, out of the clouds saying, This is my Son, my chosen one. Listen to Him. This is when they were on the mountain and the Lord Jesus was completely transfigured, glorious in white and glory, and His glory was there. And He was, God said, This is my chosen one. Who is God? Who does God choose? Jesus. Who do you choose? Who do you choose? God the Father has chosen. This is my chosen one. Uh, Peter says to us as, as a church, 1 Peter 2.4, Coming to Him, coming to Jesus as to a living stone, which has been rejected by men, but is choice, chosen, and precious in the sight of God. Acts 4.11, He is the stone rejected by you, the builders. This is Peter's preaching. But which became the chief cornerstone. There's salvation no one else. For there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. And what does the Lord say? Father, I desire that they also... This is a prayer for us who are Christians. I desire that they also whom you have given me be with me where I am so that they may see my glory which you have given me for you love me before the foundation of the world. I say it all the time. You do know tonight that Jesus is not... This is not like a memorial service tonight for some dead person. You do know that Jesus Christ is alive in another place 
in another time, beyond time and dimensions and space. He's alive physically with a glorified body in another place, preparing it for us. I follow a living Lord and Savior. Not ideas, not mottos, not philosophies. I follow Jesus who is alive in heaven, who is my high priest. Is He yours? My servant in whom I uphold, my chosen one in whom I delight. You see, the Lord Jesus is the only one called the Beloved One. He is loved by God. But He is also the one who is filled with the Holy Spirit. He is filled with the fullness of God. This is quite an amazing thing. This is quite an amazing thing. Then a shoot will spring forth. This is, again, can you find Jesus? Where do you find Jesus in the pages of Scripture? Well, here we have this strange description of Jesus being described as a branch, like a shoot coming out of a stump. Isaiah 11. Then a shoot will spring forth from the stem of Jesse, and a branch from his roots will bear fruit. The Spirit of the Lord will rest on him. See, it's a metaphor describing Jesus. Can you see Jesus? <clears throat> in the pages of Scripture. The spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and strength, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. When you read the Gospels and you read the red letter words of the Lord Jesus, you are reading the one upon whom there is no limit to the Spirit of God being upon Him. He is filled full of the Spirit. He is the one who has the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of understanding, the spirit of counsel, spirit of strength. So do we hear His words and listen to them? Isaiah 61.1, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. What did, what did the Lord do? The Lord Jesus went to His home church, His synagogue, got up and read these words. I mentioned this Sunday from Isaiah 61. And what did He say? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And then He goes through the rest of it. And what did He say? These words are fulfilled this day in your presence. Notice after He was baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water. Behold, the heavens were opened. He saw the Spirit of God descending as a dove and lighting on Him. You see, this is the Lord. He's full of the Holy Spirit. Luke 4.1, Jesus full of the Holy Spirit. By the way, I just mentioned to you a side note. In the, in the Gospel of Luke, Luke makes much about the work of the Holy Spirit in the life of the Lord Jesus, and then what do we find in the book of Acts, which is the other thing that Luke wrote? Well, all of a sudden we learn about Pentecost and the Holy Spirit. Jesus is full of the Holy Spirit and He returns from the Jordan after He was baptized and He's led around by the Spirit in the wilderness. As soon as the Lord was baptized, the Holy Spirit led Him to the wilderness. If you're saved and you're filled with the Holy Spirit, He might take you to the wilderness and you're wondering what He's done with you. John 1.16, For of His fullness... I'm saying, look folks, be encouraged tonight. Go to the Lord Jesus. He is the one who is full. He's the one who has all the fullness. The fullness of God dwells in Jesus Christ. What else do I need? What else do I need if I have everything? If, every, if I'm full of the Holy Spirit, which is given to me as a Christian, I'm experiencing the same joy of this fullness that's coming 
from God. For I'm just quoting to you for all these passages. For it was the Father's good pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in Him. Colossians 2.9 Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4 talks about people like me. Pastors. What, are we, what good are preachers? Well, a lot of people have opinions about that. What good's a preacher? Like the old fellow said who hated preachers, the only good preacher I know is a dead preacher. Okay, thank you for that opinion. But what do we do? What are pastors for? Equipping the saints for the work of service to build up the body of Christ, the church, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a mature man, to the measure... Are you ready for this? Till we measure up to the fullness of Christ. We're... We're the body of Jesus Christ and we are the fullness of Him who fills all in all. So what do we remember tonight as we finish up? I want you to... I want these things that we talk about to lead you to worship the Lord Jesus. I want these words uh, that you hear tonight to be... When you settle down at home, when you have just a moment... And I know it's hard to get those moments without distraction, but when you have a little bit of time with God, when you lay your head on the pillow tonight, remember what God said, Behold my servant. My chosen one. The implication is, Behold my servant. Behold my chosen one. Behold, I have put my spirit upon him. When you go home tonight, remember Jesus Christ is the servant of God protected by the power of God the Father. In all of His earthly ministry, we saw it time after time. Amen. Jesus Christ is the servant of God, loved by God the Father. We're loved in the Beloved, the Bible says. God loves us because we're in the Beloved. There is this wonderful relationship we now have. We love Him because He first loved us. Jesus is the... Servant of God, filled to the fullness of the Spirit, and He is the one uh, in whom the nations will hope. And we'll talk more about that, Lord willing, next week. So what do we do? Worship God's servant. Bow. Submit. Praise the Lord Jesus. He's the chosen one. Praise the Lord Jesus. He is filled with the fullness of God. And then remember this. We who are followers of Jesus are His slaves. And the slave is not greater than the Master. The Lord said. So we who are servants of Jesus are not greater than our Master, the Lord Jesus. We are those who now say, Lord, we're here to serve You. What do You want us to do? Young or old in this room, all in this church, we're here in Dixon, Lord. You've assembled us all here. You've gathered us all here. We all have stories about how we got here. Here we are for this period of time. Lord, what do you want us to do? That's the question. What do you want us to do? Not, Lord, here's what I'd like to do. It doesn't matter. He's, we're now His servants. We now serve Him who is the servant of God. So now I read to you, Charles Wesley wrote over 7,000 hymns. He is the 18th child born. I'm not making this up. Some of you are going to go home and Google it. You don't trust the preacher. He's the 18th child born 
to the Wesleys, they obviously didn't all live. His brother was John Wesley. And those two brothers were very instrumental in the start of the whole Methodist church. They were lifetime, um, we would call them Episcopalians in America, but they were Anglicans. They came to know the Lord Jesus, and I, I, I recommend highly. In our Baptist hymnal, we have many songs by Charles Wesley, but I like ones like this. you got eight verses here. You know, when I used to grow up, it's like, okay, let's sing stanza one, uh, two, and the last one. We didn't even sing all the stanzas. Son of God, sons of God. This is for you now as a church. Sons of God, triumphant rise. Just look at the words and we'll let this be our close. Sons of God, triumphant rise. Shout the accomplished sacrifice. Shout your sins in Christ's forgiveness. Sons of God and heirs of heaven. Ye that round our altars throng, listening angels join the song. Sing with us, ye heavenly powers. Pardon, grace, and glory ours. Love's mysterious work is done. Greet we now the accepted Son, healed and quickened by His blood, joined to Christ and one with God. Christ, of all our hopes, the seal. Peace divine in Christ we feel. <clears throat> Pardon to our souls applied. Dead for all, for me He died. Sin shall tyrannize no more. Purged its guilt, dissolved its power. Jesus makes our hearts His throne. There He lives and reigns alone. Grace our every thought controls. Heaven is opened in our souls. Everlasting life is won. Glory is on earth begun. Christ in us, in Him we see fullness of the deity, beam of the eternal beam, life divine we taste in Him, Him we only taste below, mighty joys ordained to know, Him when fully ours we prove, ours the heaven of perfect love. Take that one home and think about it. There's a lot of tremendous theological truth in that. Behold my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one in whom my soul delights. I put my spirit upon him, and he will bring forth justice to the nations. Heavenly Father, we honor Jesus tonight. We thank you for these brothers and sisters who are here. We thank you for all that's going on in this place tonight, all of our Bible studies and all of our students and our children meeting the choir, we just we thank You for the blessing of being able to be in these days together. Grant that we would be Your people now. And as we go tonight, may we as we lay our heads down to sleep tonight, hear Your words, Behold My servant, for whom I uphold. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Good to see you all. And... Uh, Choir, special. It's special Sunday. You don't want to miss it. It'll be a great time of joy and victory. Uh, choir will be, if you have a friend, invite your friends. Choir and orchestra will be uh, presenting this Sunday.